Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back. It is Hot Takes Only, episode 41. Willie, we have a very special episode for our listeners today. What is that episode? What are we doing here? No, I wonder. I'm not sure. <laughs> so, by the time you were hearing this, it is Friday, August 13th, the start yeah. of the 2021-2022 Premier League season, and I could not be more excited for this season because fans are back, Willie. It's back and it's better than ever, at least in theory. Yeah, and I, I can't wait. But first, before we get into that, I know this is a, a podcast dedicated to one sport, but I did just want to say that I'm feeling really good about my Atlanta Braves uh, World Series prediction right now. They are hot right now. They're right there. They're playing their best baseball, and we've seen teams who play their best baseball entering the playoffs win. So I'm feeling really good about about the team. Despite Ronnie Baseball, you know. And and Mike Soroka. Yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah, and, and the fact that they got slapped twelve to three today, so at home. Yeah, well, you're bound to lose at some point. Yeah, I mean it's one game, but still. I mean I, I am not as high on the Braves for obvious yeah. reasons, but we are not talking about baseball today, Willie. We are dedicating this That's entire true. podcast yes, to the Liverpool Manchester United rivalry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Premier League for the first time uh, really all summer. We haven't had an opportunity this summer between personal life and just general just busyness to be able to do as much over the summer. So we'll have a baseball recap at some point, probably early September, and get you ready for the last month of the season. But we have to prepare for the English Premier League. It's back. It's better than ever. Yep, Fans are back. Yeah, yeah. And Manchester City are going to go back to back. I disagree. I think that, um, I mean, I think you could legitimately make a, a claim for the last year's top four. I think you could legitimately make a claim for any of those teams. I think it's, it is legitimately, and I would love to know the number of back-to-back champions, but despite some of the really good Manchester United teams, you know, it's still extremely rare to go back-to-back. And, and so I think that you can legitimately make an argument for Chelsea, Liverpool, or Manchester United to win the league. Yeah, and we're going to go uh, through each team and 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 talk about the reasons, so yeah. we'll, we'll get into that. And especially we'll have some predictions at the end where I think they're not... Mine certainly aren't going to surprise anyone. I don't know what you've been thinking mm-hmm. about, Willie, but mine are definitely not going to surprise anyone. <laughs> okay. Uh, especially the um, the the teams who, who finished in the top four last season. You know, sure. I don't think there's any surprises, really. I think the season on paper is slated to be incredible to be honest mm-hmm. i think Agreed. that i think that all not only the top four teams look great i think the teams in the middle some of the teams in the middle are going to be better i think there's some really interesting storylines around the relegation zone and the mid table so i honestly i don't know maybe i feel like this every time the premier league season rolls around but it does feel like this season is going to be extra exciting no, it, it definitely has that that feel to it this year. And I'm, I'm sure. really excited, Willie, because we have not only a lot of new faces in the Premier League, but managers changing clubs. Uh, Jurgen Klopp's yes. not wearing glasses anymore, which is bizarre. <laughs> no, in all seriousness, though, there's there's a lot of, of really interesting stuff we're going to break down. And we're going to start at the top, going 1 through 20. Uh, we'll talk about the three promoted teams last, uh, starting with the defending champions, Manchester City. Uh, really, the big story with them in three out of the last four years, they're 
trying to make it four out of uh, four out of five, and they're they're spending like they mean business, going and getting Jack Grealish and preparing a. I believe I read it was a hundred seventy six million dollar bid for Harry Kane. So they they are trying to buy a league. They don't care about financial fair play, and that's just the way they operate. I'm not gonna def- I'm not gonna apologize for that take. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the thing about you know Manchester City is that you know coming into last year there were so and it's so interesting when you think about all the teams even i was thinking about this even in the previous four or five seasons with manchester city like despite how good they are they were and how good they were with the 100 points you know they they're all there was always the defensive question and even in the season where they had the 100 points and they struggled at the end of the season and from game to game they'd have a couple games where they would they would give up two three goals and it would result in in a certain loss but Last year, with the breakout of John Stones and, and the signing of Diaz, they became so good. And that's what makes the team so dangerous now is because they're so rock-solid defensively and they're deep at, at defense, really, except for that left-back position, which sometimes can give them problems. Um, it's just it's very hard, you're right, to see uh, another team beating them over the course of a 38-game season. Yeah, and especially if they are able to add Harry Kane, I don't think there's a question that they're going to go back-to-back. Well, at least least they should go back-to-back. It's kind of like with PSG and Messi, but we'll talk about the international game, uh, or the international uh, leagues, not just England, in uh, in a future episode. But Messi going to PSG does change the complexion of a lot of different leagues, uh, particularly as it comes to Champions League, because the the measuring stick now is just going to be PSG, of who can stop Messi, Mbappe, Neymar, uh, Gini Wijnaldum, Donnarumma, Sergio Ramos... It's Hakimi. It's, the, the list goes on and on yeah. and on. They've been on a tear in the transfer market, and uh, they're going to be the measuring stick for a lot of different clubs when uh, the Champions League draw rolls around. Yeah, and I think that they... What's, what's so interesting about them, too, is that I just, like... I do, I do wonder, you know, with Manchester City, um, I do wonder you know, what their drive is going to be. You know, the question, we have to ask the question, you have to ask it of every Premier League champion. And we really saw the last two seasons that both defending champions really, really struggled. Manchester City, two seasons ago, just really never got their season going, got off to a bad start, really, you know, never challenged for the title. And then Liverpool, we know what happened with them. They looked great for the first couple months and then really struggled. But it just felt like they were dragging the whole season, even though all the injuries. And so, you know, it, it's uh, you know, we can talk about Harry Kane and the team on paper, but do they have that fuel on on a daily basis? I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. I think the the one thing to keep in mind is that with Pep Guardiola, he is is more than capable, and and this is a testament to their their depth of looking at a player in training if he's not giving 110 percent, he goes you're not going to play and he could just find someone who's as good if not better on the bench that's how that's how crazy this is because you only have to have 11 good players if you're manchester city at one time they have like 25 at the club that they can pick Mm. on a weekly basis so it doesn't matter if one player doesn't feel like he's kind of up to snuff or if pep doesn't think he's up to snuff he could just bench him i mean it's not it it doesn't really play like it would on most clubs. Now, I don't know what the, the dynamic is in the dressing room because every player on that team is is a massive earner and they all yeah. make an absurd amount of money. But 
Yeah, you bring a good point, though. You bring up a good point. In getting teams to go through the psychological hurdle of going back-to-back -back is tough. It is it is a really tough thing to do every single year. And you've seen it in the past where the only team that has really gone back-to-back -back outside of Manchester United uh, before Sir Alex Ferguson left was Pep Guardiola's Man City. And that's literally just because they have the deepest squad and are capable of fielding B teams and C teams that are better mm -hmm. than some teams' best 11. And that's a scary thought. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. And when you combine that with Pep's ability to... I think people talk about his ability to approve the players. I think it's just to push all the right buttons is mm. really incredible. Yes. I mean, he, he, he will not hesitate. And I think... You know the great managers. They're they're always they're really willing to not have favorites and really willing to ride the hot players and make a statement. And you know that that's what's so incredible. You know last year it's like Emerick Laporte was their best defender for like three years, and he basically didn't play at all last season. And then you know all you know Mares was the first, when he first signed he really struggled for the first year or two. Now he's a firm fixture in the team. And then Sterling was really good. And then he was kind of on the periphery a little bit. And then, you know, everyone thought Gabriel Jesus was going to get, you know, playing time with Aguero kind of being injured in his last season. And then, you know, they go with the false nine. And then, you know, they start relying, you know, Fernandinho's out of the side, you know. So it's so amazing how he's able to shuffle these these players in and out. But I, I do just wonder, like, with the team, you know, I do just wonder, like, that that attention to, to detail that, that it takes their the way that they pressed last year was so incredible, you know, and, and the, I mean everyone says talks about the attack, but it's not just the defenders. The way they pressed as a team last year was incredible. And it's just even you saw with Liverpool, and I know there were tons of injuries, which really hurts your ability, but you know, if you don't have those intention to details, I mean it's just it, you might not be the same team uh, on either side. So I'm just so curious to see, you know, no, what that's happens true. That's yeah. true. And, and it's, it's a fair point. I think the, the, the one thing that is always going to keep them above everyone else is just the fact that Pep is not the kind of manager who's going to rest on his laurels because mm. you can't picture a world in which Pep is just not going to care about the league and focus on the Champions League. Because if, if you were to do that psychologically and use that mm. same line of thinking that, okay, if you don't, deal with the the meticulous nature if you don't kind of take everything piece by piece and have a complete picture of how mm -hmm. you want to approach a season if you don't have that in the league how do you expect to have it in the champions league because you can't just mm -hmm. switch it on and some some players and some teams and some coaches they can do that but it's really mm -hmm. really rare and the ability to go from one competition to another is is going to be a really important thing for for Pep to think about in, in the sense that okay well the Champions League is the one this club wants the most we've won the league three out of the last four years how do we go one better which is win the Champions mm. League well do we focus mm. all our energy on the Champions League and not worry about the league but if we worry about if we not worry about the league we have bad results and morale kind of drops a little bit then we don't play as well in the Champions League you can't really prioritize one or the other and still have the same high level results if that makes sense from a from a fitness perspective sure you don't have as much you don't have as many games you can train more. But I think it only works mm. the other way in the sense that if you're not in the Champions League, you can focus on the league. But if you're in both the league and the Champions League, but you're trying to prioritize the Champions League, you have to also worry about how you play in the league. That's why every time Liverpool mm. are in that scenario, 
but they're not going to win the title, but they're in the Champions League. Klopp is always asked, uh, do you prioritize the, the Champions League over, over the league? And, and Klopp's kind of just like, well, I'm going to prioritize whatever our next game is. And, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of mentality that the top managers have. And and I have I, I have no idea how Pep is going to approach that, having been so close to winning the Champions League for Man City last year. But it's a tough thing to do. It's really, really tough. Yeah, I think the key is that, you know, the Premier League season is so grueling. I think the key is you have to be playing your best football, you know, when it really counts. Mm. Uh, and I think that I will make the case, and I because I love these these themes and, and history and stuff. But, I mean, first of all, last, last year was just funky because they'd won the league so so early. And, you know, they'd, they'd, stri- they'd kind of stumbled a little bit to end the season. And so, and then, you know, they're, so they, they, they were not playing well, you know, really for their standards going into the Champions League. And Chelsea was on a roll. Um, and I just think, you know, I will make the case, though, you know, and, and you could easily debunk this claim because you could say, you know, when they beat, when they rolled through their group and they beat Dortmund and they beat PSG and, and Pep says, you know, these five years make sense that they're playing so well, but. I do legitimately think that um, you can really make the case, and I know this is like I, I know that this is crazy to say because I know that if you want to win, you got to beat every team. But matchups do matter, and I do legitimately think that during Pep's time um, in the Champions League, like sometimes you got to get a little bit lucky, mm-hmm. and I just yep. think that they, you know, they they had some really bad matchups. You know, like the Lyon loss where they just looked terrible. Um, and even then, I mean, all five of those teams, and I know you, you could say, well, of course, you know, you, if you're going to play against Man City, most likely you're going to want to play on the counterattack. But all five of, of the teams that they lost to, Monaco, Liverpool, um, Chelsea, Tottenham, and Lyon, all had like incredible counterattack. We're all incredible counterattacking teams. Yep. And it's just... Like when you when you look back at the teams, they just and they're just and especially you know Liverpool when they beat them right Liverpool had gotten the better of them uh, in the matchup and so I, I think that also you know they got a little unlucky with matchups and so I think if if they're if they play well at the right time and maybe they get a little lucky they they can win it but I think matchups do matter I mean I, I really think they do yeah I think you bring up a really good point Willie it, you do need luck to get. Uh, to be able to win championships. You do need a bit of luck. Liverpool in 2019 on their run to the final. I mean, they needed everything to go their way against mm-hmm. Barcelona at home and everything right. went their way. The year before that, to get to the final, they needed everything to go their way against Man City. Everything went their way, especially in the away leg. So you, you do need that element of, of good fortune regardless of, sure. of what competition it is, or it, it just in general in football, to win a league, to win a Champions League, you do need luck. Let me ask you a question on as a follow up, and I'd love yep. to, like I said, do a theme podcast to to recap the, through the years and the teams. But you know, there's a lot, there's a lot made of, uh, tons made of Klopp's, uh, you know, struggles in finals, you know, uh, and I'm curious up before that Champions League final, I'm curious, wh- what was it that you think is there a common reason um or is it something specific to the games as to why you think you know 
Klopp at Liverpool and any you know Dortmund games that you can remember in finals, why they lost, and what do you think maybe Man City uh, can learn from that? Well, so this is going to be a very unpopular take, especially for the Manchester club fans uh, who are listening to this podcast, but I would argue that the reason that Klopp's record in cup finals is not as good as, say, Pep or <laughs> Mourinho, Carlo Ancelotti, etc., some of the top managers in world football, the reason his record isn't what it should be is because, by and large, on the whole, every single one of his teams has been an underdog. Mm. Dortmund teams were almost always underdogs. I think the one cup they won, they weren't, you know, the they 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 may have been the favorite. I don't remember exactly. The Champions League final against Spurs, they were pretty they were a slight favorite, I think, and it was right. pretty even. Uh, against Sevilla, I'm pretty sure they were slight favorite, slight underdogs. Uh, and and that final is one that I I don't want to talk about again, but I will because it's a reminder of why Klopp was so quick to put a center midfielder by the name of James Milner at left back for an entire season is because he could not trust Alberto Moreno to look behind him. <laughs> Alberto Moreno is a fullback who looks in front of him and only in front of him, not behind him. You need to do both as a fullback. And Klopp was so quick. He was so quick to getting rid of him on a week-to-week basis that it, it, it still kind of makes me laugh. But I think Liverpool were underdogs in that game. I haven't done the numbers yeah, on sure. that. I haven't looked at the stats, but yeah. I'm pretty sure there were underdogs in that game because Sevilla was going for the three-peat, I think, and that was that was Emery's, uh, yep. Emery's career accomplishment, I guess. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So you do need good fortune, and, and with, with Klopp specifically, it's just his teams haven't been favorites, and they've been just outclassed. You, class plays in finals. Like, class will, yeah. will shine to the surface. In Pep's case with the Champions League final this past year, that's just a question of Pep completely overthinking everything. Because to not start your most played player in Rodri in a cup final, the Champions League final, against a team that is going to sit back and play on the counterattack, with the players they have, you need someone who's going to be able to break up play in the middle of the park. Yeah. Who is the best player on, at City at doing that? Sure. It's not Fernandinho anymore. It's Rodri, and he didn't right. play. That's that's one of the big reasons because they, sure. you know, it, you can only throw everything forward at the end of the game if if you think there's a reasonable shot that you can create a winner because you're not playing with that tension. But at the end of the final, they were trying to chase an equalizer. They weren't mm-hmm. trying to win it. They were just trying to tie it. And and that that is is mentally taxing because ev- you think everything has to be perfect. You think every Every pass, every cross, every every shot has to be perfect. And if it's not, then it just kind of takes more away from you. So in that instance, it's it's Pep doing yeah, too much. Yeah. I think if he takes a step back and just lets his players go out there and do what they do, then they have a much better shot at winning the title. But, but that's not Pep's style. Sure. But I think what's crazy about that, so two things. One is, like as you mentioned, I mean, they didn't play with the holding midfielder at all. Mm-hmm. So it's yep. you could, you'd say maybe... I'll go with Fernandino for the experience and the positional soundness, but he didn't, you know, he didn't start the game. Right. And I can't tell you just, for example, watching Chelsea, just, I mean, how many times throughout the game, you take it so much for granted, like how many times throughout the game where Chelsea lose the ball in the attacking third and either it'll be a real counterattack or a kind of, you know, just the regular charge forward. And Conte will, will sit where the center back is and just 
you know, clear the ball or mm-hmm. just intercept the ball. All it is. And it happens so little. But then when you look at the goal that, that, Manchester, that they scored against Manchester City, it's just classic, like, terrible defense, everyone out of position. And you wonder if, you know, would there have, if everyone is out of position, someone like Conte would have just filled the, the gap where the right back or the center back was and just, you know, made a good tackle and, and cleared the yep. ball, you know? Yep. Every team with an Angolo Conte style player and plays that kind of system is going to be more effective in a cup final than teams who don't. And that's just, I mean, just more effective in general. I feel like that's the case for, kind of for, for every team with that style of player and that, that system. Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. but we're, we're talking about luck to win trophies, Willie, but there's another mm-hmm. way you win trophies and it's by putting together a team that on paper can win 38 out of 38 games. Not going to, but they can, they have that quality at every position, at least they're right. starting 11. And that's Manchester United, who finished second last yeah. year. But they went out and signed Jaden Sancho. They went out and signed Rafa Varane, which hasn't been announced, I don't think. But it's pretty much, they, they've announced the agreement for the transfer. I just don't think they've confirmed it. So that's basically a formality, as far as I know, at, you know, on the day of us recording this, which is the August 12th. That makes Manchester United exponentially better. And it's not because Sancho costs a lot of money. It's not because Varane has won all these trophies at Real Madrid. It's because they address a couple of the needs that that United have had. Rashford is still developing as a player. As good as he has been for the last few years, he's still developing. He's still a young player. And yeah. you, you need someone to supplement that. And Sancho is also a young player who's also still developing. But he has a a level of quality that is going to instantly make his teammates better and it's going to help them going forward. Defensively, Varane is going to make them 10 times better tactically because he's yeah. probably tactically, I'd say one of the top three defenders in the world, if not the best. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's for sure. I mean, um, we'll see how he is without my man Sergio Ramos. But, <laughs> but... <laughs> But, uh, yeah, absolutely, Owen. I think that the Varane signing is way more important than Jaden Sancho, in my yeah. opinion. Because I think now, I mean, that he is so good. He's so... He checks all the boxes on defense. Like, he's so smart. He's so intelligent. He's physically gifted. He can, he can bring the ball. He's good with the ball. Um, and... You know, that defensive foundation, is. it reminds me of, of the old, you know, Manchester United uh, teams. Uh, but I actually think it's interesting that um, you mentioned. So Rashford has the, the injury right now. Um, I don't know, Owen. Uh, do you think that Rashford is overrated? Because in my opinion, like, the, look, the, the goal-scoring numbers are there. He'll score in the 15 to 20 goals very consistently. But there's issues with his consistency. And I just wonder, like, at some point, I wonder, like, for them to win a title, he's got to be consistent on a game-to-game basis and really turn into a star, like an elite guy who gets, you know, 20-plus goals and who's one of the best, you know, like any one of these wingers these days that scores a yeah. bunch of goals. I don't know. Do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Rashford? I don't think he's overrated. I think he just doesn't have a good manager for what he needs. 
I think if he yeah. gets a better manager who is able to kind of help him with his just confidence in general. And mm. and I think that's a big thing with players like Rashford who are inconsistent. Confidence right. is a huge part of it with, uh, sure. with, with players scoring goals. When Salah got to Liverpool, the only reason he scored 32 goals in his first season was because he had like 300 chances. He missed at least three sitters a game. Sure, sure. And he started getting more accomplished and more pra- more just complete as a player because he developed the ability to finish consistently and right. to, to put away chances created by Liverpool's pressing, by balls right. over the top by their center backs. They, It's a learned skill. And having a manager who sees that and understands that this is how I'm going to get the best out of this player is what Rashford needs. I don't think Solskjaer is the right person for, for that, mm. I think he's he's a great man manager. The players, right. you know, everything everything you read in the press about about Manchester United, oh, they, they love playing for him. But does yeah. that mean he's going to play at his best every single week? Right. No, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and it's a fair point. I mean, I think under Mourinho, you know, that was a bad fit for him too. Lots of talk about all the defensive work he has to do, and he was very hard on him. But you know, for sure, he I, he needs a really good manager like a Pep to bring out the best in him. But I, pull, I pulled up the stats here. This is kind of interesting. Now, I'm just going on, on the league and not, you know, um, European uh, stuff, which, is, to be fair, he, he, had, he had a really good Champions League uh, campaign last year. So I don't want to discount what he, what he did at times throughout yeah. European. But if you look at his Premier League stats, so 2015-2016, he only played 11 games, five goals, two assists. Then when he started to hit his prime, I guess you could say. So 2016, 17, 32 matches, five goals, one assist. 2017, 2018, seven goals, five assists. 2018, 2019, 10 goals, six assists. 2019, 2020, maybe his best, 17 goals, seven assists. And then last year, 11 goals, nine assists. So the assists are there, but I think, would you agree? I mean, I think that he might have to get Okay, like Bruno Fernandez can't score enough PKs. He might have to get like he might have to get him and Sancho might have to get like twenty five apiece. Is that too much? Like, is that reasonable? Or is that am I ask is that unfair to say they need to win the title? They might need twenty five goals apiece from those two guys. I don't think they necessarily need twenty five apiece, but I I would say they they do need production out of those two and and more than just in the assists yeah. and and opening up space for Cavani because Cavani, as good as he is and intelligent of a striker he is, he's not going to score thirty in a season. No, no, he's not going to. He's he might score twenty if he has a really he good could. year, but he's yeah. in the the twilight of his his playing yeah. career, so he's not going to be right. Exactly, uh, you know, age catches up to you. Yeah, and. Right, age catches up to you. You can't rely on them on a week-to-week basis, I think, to be, like you said, huge. And, you know, Greenwood, same. He's still a really good player. You know, yeah. so, yeah. So, I, I, yeah. To, to put a bow on United, because really, I do want to move on, because we have uh, 18 other teams yep. to talk about. Um, <laughs> to be honest, the, the outlook for United, for me, this season is, is and this is, not to, this is not to sound like a hater, but I think they're going to start actually pretty slow. Because you're adding two huge pieces to the club. You have yeah. the big money transfer of one of the young, prodigious English talents in Jaden Sancho. You have a serial winner at Real Madrid and Rafa Veron. That's gonna it's gonna skyrocket expectations for a club mm. who already expects to win every trophy available every single year. It, it, it's gonna make it tough to initially kind of get going. But once they're there, I'll get to this in my hot takes, but I think we're gonna have quite a year. Uh, at the top we'll put it that way yeah so yeah, that, yeah that's something to keep in mind as well 
Well, yeah, I, that's the thing with Manchester United. I think some they have to a play consistently. They haven't been able to put together a full season. Even last year, they tailed off, and then they have to also have their performances. Sometimes they get the results, but they don't look that great. So they've yeah. got to put teams away. They've got to convert their chances, and like you said, they they got to be consistent from start to finish if they want to win. Right, and they have to win ugly as well. You have to do that to win titles. Yep, the, the one nil slugs where yeah. the other team is sitting back and and just you have to win those games. Yeah, uh, but. Yeah. You know, it, it United fans have every reason to feel optimistic about this season, and you know, we'll we'll see how they're able to to capitalize on that. Yeah, absolutely, so. absolutely. Third last year, Willie, surprisingly to to all of us, I think, uh, was Liverpool. For long stretches of the year, they were not good, not not good. It was Brighton at home, horrendous. Burnley at home wasn't a penalty, but still horrendous. Um, losing at Everton at home. It's an empty Anfield, sure, but it's right. it's awful. It's never one you want to see. Uh, I know I talked about injuries a lot, and I talked about confidence being one of the main killers of mm. Liverpool's season, but they finished third somehow. It, I, I would call it divine intervention, especially with Allison's, Allison's goal at, at West Brom, which is you know it's mm. going to be one of the most iconic yeah. moments in sporting history Absolutely. The, uh, until the end of time. But... Going out and and early in the transfer window and signing Ibrahima Konate from uh, mm. from Leipzig is one of the best things they have they probably could have done because mm. they made it so that Gomez has to up his game, Matip has to up his game, and Van yeah. Dijk has to kind of return to the pinnacle because they did not buy him for him to be a squad player. They bought him for him to start, yeah. and and he's yeah. probably not going to start right from the beginning because you know obviously Klopp is notorious for for signing players and then not giving them a proper run in the team until they've kind of gotten acclimated. But once they get acclimated, you think for for a couple stretches there, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain at Liverpool before the injuries, uh, Andy Robertson, who hasn't been displaced as left back. Um, Fabinho was one of the rare ones who kind of started right away, but he also mm-hmm. is, he already had that very high quality and kind of was everything Liverpool needed. Uh, and, and Mane and Salah as well. They, you know, they didn't, they they started right away and they might have started well, but that's because they already kind of fit the mold. Players who may not necessarily be exactly what Klopp is looking for right out of the gate may not start, but once they get kind of acclimated to it, I mean, he just he has this touch where he knows when a player is ready. Yeah, and 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 Konate may not be ready right now. He might be. Right. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what the lineup is on uh, on Saturday morning. But Liverpool fans have every reason to be excited about this year because. You know, obviously, do fans want them to get stronger and go and replace Wijnaldum? Obviously. Do fans want them to go and get a, a striker to to support Firmino and Jota? Obviously. But FSG don't want to spend money. It's simple as that. And so Klopp has to work with the squad he already has. And, you know, they're already thinking about the future because they're going to have to spend on this squad at some point because Salah's getting old. Mane's getting old. Firmino's close to 30. Van Dijk just turned 30. Right. So they're they're not getting any younger, and this is kind of when Klopp's going to have to make decisions on what does the next five year plan for for Liverpool look like. But as it is right now, the team can still kind of go again and and leave you know can can challenge for the title. I don't think they're going to win it this year, but they have enough quality to challenge for it and for for Champions League as well. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh... 
For sure. I think there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic. You know, Kunate is a great player. I, you know, watched him at Leipzig a decent amount. Very, very good player. Him and Upa Meccano, man, that's a tough loss <laughs> for that team. Um, hopefully Van Dyke, you know, he'll be able to hit full form when he is. I, you know, I don't think from the reports he's not going to probably he's not going to probably play opening weekend, but he'll, um, you know, hopefully he gets back to full to full fitness. Uh, I do think you know, it, you know, one thing with Liverpool that um, I'm I'm really interested in is um, I think and I think this is one thing that I really think I, I think actually is important to talk about, which is like I just feel like there's some there's a, a blend of age issues and chemistry things that scare me a little bit. And I'm curious. Like, where, for example, you know, the midfield is getting old. They obviously lost Wijnaldum to PSG. You know, that's, I think, a pretty scary thing. And, you know, because FSG doesn't have the money, they didn't, you know, really replace him. Um, and, you know, Henderson is older now. Um you know, Fabinho's back. But, and then, you know, where are we with the Salah thing? Because I think that there, there's so many rumblings about him being unhappy and, or just him wanting to leave. You know, he wants a new challenge. And I just wonder, when you've seen how burnt out they were last year, like, it really makes me question, like, do they have the drive? Like, sometimes, like, in sports, like, that's it. You get your one title, and, and that's it. And I could be completely wrong, and maybe... The way they finished the season in really good form after it looked like they were most definitely going to miss the top four is great. But I have some questions about the squad, and I just feel like, I hate to say it, but I just feel like FSG didn't do them any favors. No, and and what I want to make abundantly clear, I've talked about this before, Willie, on the show, FSG have the money. They just don't want to spend it because they don't don't put any money into the club and they don't take any out. They yeah. they kind of operate the club as a self sustaining business. Sure. And and that's fine, I guess, if the club is winning. But the club needs to be winning for them to get money because you know how quickly Liverpool is going to turn on American owners if yeah. the results aren't there. And that you know, obviously, Absolutely. winning the title for the first time in thirty years was a huge deal. But you know, for a city that has two very storied clubs and Everton. <laughs> I'm, yeah. no, I'm kidding. But for for a city for for a city with so much rich footballing history and a club with so much just you know there's a, a a spirit about Liverpool that I think they don't necessarily understand. But you yeah, know, it's kind of hard to. I mean, I don't know if I understand it truly, but you know, it is what it is. That is going to be something that Klopp has to deal with for sure. Yeah, I'll get to this later. I think Salah is. I think this is his last year. I'll get to that a little later. I'll okay. I'll, I'll give you the wow. reasons why. Um, but I don't think burnout has anything to do with it. I think it's literally last yeah. year just general. Well, I guess I guess on the mental side of it, because you want mm. it's it's the the impact of losing all of your defenders as an attacking player and thinking you have to shoulder the burden of so many different players and it's just there's a lot of mental baggage associated with it. Maybe that's yeah. a bad take. I don't know, but that's that's what I truly I, believe because towards the end yeah. of the year. When they had an established center back pairing of Phillips and Williams, uh, Reese Williams, yeah, they they played well. They play they beat Burnley. They somehow beat 
West Brom. Thank you, Allison. And they beat <laughs> um, whoever they played. Whoever played on the final day, I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, but they won on the final day at home. So the Wolves, I can't remember. But yes, yeah, uh, uh, gosh, who was it? I think uh, I think it was. It was it West been. Brom. West Burnley, West Brom, and uh, I can't remember who they played on the, on the last day of the season. But bottom line is, it, it it'll be a fresh start to the season. Uh, Klopp has had a full yeah. preseason, which he has always talked about as being one of the most important things for him. So mm. I'm excited. I'm excited for Liverpool this season. And, yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll see. I would like them to get like one or two more players in, but it just depends if they can sell Shakiri and Origi. And and I hate to say it, but they might sell. They're probably going to sell Nat Phillips. The, the cult hero, the icon. Uh, that's I would sad. hate that, but it'll probably happen. Uh, yeah. I also think, um, on a quick note, I think one important story to watch with them is the the form of Alexander Arnold. You know, yeah. Something to watch at the beginning of the season. Yeah. He was he really struggled last season. He's and looked they, good in preseason so far. Needed, I will say that they need his they need his his offense. Yeah. You know, they need his offense for him. Yeah. So for them to play well. I agree. Uh, I agree. But, Willie, we've talked about my club a lot. Let's talk about yours. Let's talk about Chelsea. Let's talk about the Champions League and, most recently, sure. the Super Cup winners. Uh, yep. And today, announcing the signing of Lukaku from, from Inter. Official, having a yeah, fire sale. Least, official. Yeah. 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 Hakimi's gone. Lukaku's gone. Yikes. Uh, Inter. Conte's gone. What, yeah. a, shell, a shell of themselves, Inter. They won the title, and now they're nothing. Yeah. You, you hate to see it. No, I yeah. mean, it's actually legitimately bad, because they're, you know, one of the more storied teams. But, anyways... Chelsea, Lukaku, mm-hmm. big, big difference maker because that means that a certain Timo Werner is not going to play as much. And oh no, right. who would have thought this could happen? If only someone, if only someone knew this was going to happen <laughs> right out of the gate. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to milk that for as long, as many years as I can. My take about Timo Werner being a, a poor man's Jamie Vardy, which to be fair, yeah. Jamie Vardy is also Jamie Vardy. So yeah, uh, I mean. For sure, for sure. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, though, but with the one thing I will say, and we'll talk about Lukaku in a second, but the one thing that I will say, though, is losing Olivier Giroud is going to have more of an impact than I think a lot of people are are anticipating. He's up there in age, but in in big moments when Chelsea need a goal, when Chelsea need kind of a a boost, he's often the guy, the first guy off the bench to give him that. Yeah, and And that's really, yeah. It's hard to replace. Just ask Arsenal. It really annoyed me that... You know, and I think with Sari is the one that maybe at times trusted him, you know, the most. But it really annoyed me that, you know, he really never got consistent run of games throughout his career because uh, the players loved playing with him. All the players, they just, his link-up play with the other forwards, I, I definitely, definitely agree, is a huge, huge loss. And I think... Um, He's gonna he's gonna definitely be missed, but um, I mean, man, Lukaku coming in that's gonna be incredible. Uh, talk we were talking about Manchester United earlier. I mean, I can't believe that they. To be honest, I even thought so. I, I've always been a Lukaku fan. I I thought that they I would choose Lukaku over Rashford even at the time. Um, he's incredible, and obviously, you know, scoring over about 30 goals a season in all competitions with Inter was great. You know, I think, I'm curious, maybe they would consider some type of two-forward lineup with Lukaku. I kind of doubt it because they, 
but he works so well with Lautaro Martinez. But but yeah, I think that Lukaku is an incredible signing. But I do agree that the the forward depth is going to be something to watch because it looks like Abraham is going to be sold at any mm-hmm. minute. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it is interesting because um, with with Lukaku, like he, what I think is so underrated about Lukaku too, is he does everything for the team. Like it's not only his um, his you know incredible talent on the ball but he's so intelligent he makes all the right runs he opens the space for everyone he works really hard in defense he sets up the press Chelsea is going to be a lethal pressing and counter-attacking team in the lineup and for I hope that he can get in soon and and hit the ground running I'm not sure about that but but yeah I think that the Lukaku signing is you know the best signing in the Premier League uh, for sure in my yeah. opinion I, I think he's he's he could be a fantastic signing because we've seen what happens to players who start in the league, yeah. don't really do it the first time. I'm thinking of three three current players at the moment, uh, Lukaku, Salah, and De Bruyne, who all played for uh, Chelsea at one point in their careers yeah. and then went out, uh, Lukaku to Serie A. Well, I mean, I guess he had Manchester United, but then to Serie A, and then, um, and then now back to the league. Salah, yeah, no, Salah, Serie A, Lukaku, both around the league and then Serie A yeah. and then back and then De Bruyne into the Bundesliga. They all came back world beaters. So this is this is going to be it's exciting yeah. if you're a Chelsea fan because you know that you've seen him do it before. You've seen him do it for Belgium. You've seen him do it for for Inter uh, last season. And so this is the thing that I I get frustrated. I, I disagree with a lot of even with the the Arsenal crew. Like you know I like Lukaku can play any system, but I just think in the right you know, situation, he can be, you know, Costa or any top out-and-out forward that you want, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I, to this day, I cannot understand, like, Manchester, like, Jose Mourinho uh, believed in him a lot. You know, he played him all the time. And, yeah, people talk about he struggled against the big clubs, but he still put up numbers. And I just, for the life of me, I just cannot understand why Manchester United under Solskjaer moved away from him. I just, or, or played him on the left. It, it makes no sense. He's, he's always put up numbers. And so, yeah, I just think like, you know, not saying they're going to win the league, but I think there's a lot of encouragement uh, for Chelsea for sure. Yeah. I want to mention Kai Havertz before we move on to the other teams yeah. because I think he's going to be a really important player for them. He's probably the mm-hmm. one who improved the most under Tuchel. And I think it's it's a, yeah. a mix of, of yeah. Tuchel's leadership, gaining familiarity with the league, gaining familiarity with the yeah. country, learning the language, and just getting acclimated to, to life in sure. England. And obviously, with the COVID season, it's kind of weird. So it, there's no fans, and it's, it's a weird atmosphere. But I think Havertz sure. still has... I stand by my take that I gave last year, around a year ago, I said Kai Havertz has the raw tools, the raw physical and technical abilities yeah. to be one of the greatest midfielders the Premier League has ever seen. I still stand by that take. Last year is not really helping my my claim, but he's still, what, 21, 20 years old? He's he's yeah. still very, very and young. 20. So what, what I, do you think, I stand by this take. What do you think? Something has... He's, yeah, he showed it in the last you know six, seven games. 
in the league and the Champions League, he played really well. I think, um, well, what's got to give, though? I think it's been pretty clear that Hudson Adoy and Ziyech are more kind of squad players. And so my question is, you know, Havertz, Pulisic, Werner, something's got to give. Mount is going to be a regular along with Lukaku. So do you th- which of those, I mean, in a year, do you think they'll still be at the club or do you think they'll be sold? Or I mean, Werner's probably gone in January. Wow. On, on loan somewhere. Because I, I, if wow. you sign Lukaku, why, where and why are you going to play Werner when you have Pulisic, Hudson-Odoi, Ziyech, yeah. they could Mount? Play him. They could play him on, on the wing and use his pace along with Lukaku and... You know. I mean, they could, but realistically, I mean, when you yeah, have all the other quality in midfield, I mean, it's it, it's a good problem to have if if you're yeah. Chelsea. But Timo Werner still hasn't shown that he has that lethal instinct that he showed with Leipzig. He hasn't shown yeah. that that carried over. He so he's got to he's got to show something early, or he's going to lose his job and could lose a club. No, for sure. I'm I'm very curious to see what happens with Timo Werner, but, you know, he, what happened last year? I mean, Chelsea has no patience. He, no. You know, it's crazy how much better Chelsea could be if they converted their chances. <laughs> like, yep, yep. With how they dynamic would, they are. Exactly, exactly. He was so, getting as many chances yeah. as Salah in his first season. The only problem was Salah was scoring much more of them, and that's why he had 32 yeah. In the league yeah, in his first season. That's so. right. Say what you want, but Salah puts up the numbers. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he he puts up the numbers. He's he's yep. there, and, and people have said he's oh he's a diver now. I, was, I mean, what about what about Kane? What about Sterling? What about the other players that no one talks about as being divers? Rashford, Sancho's <laughs> a little soft. Sterling. Oh, Sancho, not really. I've, I've seen I've watched Sancho play a good bit, and he stays on his feet, which you know, fair play. Um, yeah. But but yeah, it, you know. I think Chelsea have a, a great problem to have. I wish Liverpool had this problem, but obviously yeah. FSG are very, um, they're not really all that all that keen to spend money. So uh, it is yeah, what it is. For sure. Uh, before we get to uh, clubs, uh, the, the, the rest of the clubs, the other 15 clubs, Willie, or the oh. other 16 clubs, yeah. uh, two through four, Liverpool, Man United, and Chelsea, who is the most likely to challenge City for the title? Hmm. Uh, I think Liverpool. How about you? I think it's United. Wow. Okay. I think I think Liverpool have not strengthened enough so far. You know, obviously the transfer window is open for another couple of weeks, but I don't think they've strengthened enough to to convince me and convince every other Liverpool fan out there that they have a legitimate shot to to win the title again. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, it's. But then again, I mean, Manchester United just has never put together a full run. So I'm, I'm curious. It's possible, though. Certainly possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think these these may have been the two pieces they were missing. Yeah. It, it, you know, a, a good, solid, tactically sound partner for Harry Maguire uh, it, and, and just raw talent who is going to get better yeah. and better over time. We saw gl- glimpses of it at the Euros. Sancho's only going to get better. So this is... I, I'm know, not looking forward to those Liverpool games. I'll tell you what, for all the criticism he got... Mourinho was dead right about needing a new new uh, defenders. Like he was mm-hmm. dead. He usually knows what he's talking about, even if he's not the best. I don't know manager of results these days. He he knows the game. He, he still he does. He does. He's he's a smart man. People people think that because the team, you know, all for whatever reason in the third season wherever he's been just kind of implodes. He's he's still a smart guy. He knows what he's doing. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Leicester City, Willie. The FA Cup yeah. winners. Leicester City oh. who missed out on Champions League on the final day in heartbreaking fashion. Gosh. That was... I... Yeah. It, my heart breaks for Leicester because they're they're such... It's not because they're a great story, but because... Brendan Rodgers, since he's been at Liverpool, like since he left Liverpool, has has been a fantastic manager, and yep. and he's proved a lot of people, including myself, wrong that he's not you know a great manager. He is a very good manager, but yes. there's a trait with his teams. The last three, uh, two of the last three teams he's been at, Celtic is a different story because the Scottish Premiership is a, is a different level of league. Um, it's it's just it's just different. There's a, a certain, uh, it's not that it's worse quality than than like the Championship, but it's just not it's not really the same. Brendan Rodgers has had three teams in in his career that have absolutely crapped themselves at the finish line. Three teams. Liverpool in 2013-14, Leicester City in 2019-20, and Leicester City in 2020-21. Three instances of a team either in first place or in Champions League that at the very end of the season just trip right before the finish line and someone flies right past them. And you got to wonder, is it a trait or is it a coincidence? Is it down to the quality in front of them just being too much? Or is it down to him pushing one of the wrong buttons at the wrong time? I, it, it's an open-ended question for sure. Yeah, I think that, you know, with, with Lester, I think that one of the things that's, you know, you know, um, tough, tough for them, I guess you could say, is that I just think that sometimes um, the how it says sometimes you know it's easier in sports once you get over the line, and I know that I say this, but you know the fact that that Lester don't have anyone that's like been there and done that on their team. And maybe the leadership, I, I think, maybe could be one thing, you know? And even, like, for example, right, you think about just the mental part. Like, for example, I think about, um, do you remember the game, um, the last game of the season, uh, two seasons ago, when they lost to Bournemouth? Or it was the second to last game of the season. Mm, they imploded. Vaguely. They imploded 4-2, and Soyenshu lost his head got a red card and I think it's just the 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 discipline you know the the discipline to kind of get the results you know I think like when the results are really on the line like I think about you know even last season against Chelsea right Chelsea beat them I I know it sounds like a bad explanation but I think it's just you got to win those key games like you got to have the discipline to win certain key games that that mm. you you got to get done, you know. Yep. So I, yep, I that's mean, we true. could talk about the squad depth, you know. We could talk about lots of things, but I think sometimes it's just that mental wherewithal to say, like, even if our guys are out of form, even if we're struggled, like we can eke out a result. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yep. that that's that's something there. And and maybe it's a case of, of he hasn't had enough time to mold the team into what he believes can win the title with the resources they have, or maybe this is this is the ceiling for Brendan Rodgers. I mean, it yeah, it wasn't the ceiling at Celtic, but obviously that's that's another scenario. 
it's just a question of can they can they get it over the line? I mean, I think I think a, a good season for them is is getting in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. That's a really good season for them. And if they kind of stay in the same spot again, you know, fifth or sixth, then it's it's not horrible. It's it's better than where they were before he took over. But it's you know it. I, I think they have aspirations that are much much loftier than that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they you know it's devastating two straight seasons not to get in in the top four you know and i think that Mm -hmm. also just the the way that they i mean how like i feel like he's got he's gotten every ounce of that team possible right Mm -hmm. i mean yeah they've signed great defenders you know james madison looks fantastic the way they you know indeed looks great you know, Vardy, for the most part, when he's healthy, you know, fires on all cylinders. It's I, I feel like he's gotten everything he can out of that team, and and maybe they're just not quite good enough. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's the that might just be the answer. You know, they're just a little yeah. short. It could be. Uh, two quick points on Leicester before we move on to West Ham. First point: I remember watching a game towards the end of the season. I think it might have been like the third third to last week. Mm-hmm. But one of the commentators was talking about Telemans, and he was like, "He looks gassed. Yeah, like he he he's done. Right. He like maybe that is one of the issues that they're not in. They're not, I guess. Uh, what I mean, they're they're not kind of they're going they're they're overexerting themselves too early in this season. Maybe it's a case of kind of like with Liverpool with Klopp's Liverpool through the festive period for his first couple of years, they were." best team in the league and then january happens and all of a sudden teams fall off but then they kind of get it back together in the spring i think brendan rogers teams have some of the similar characteristics where they get through the festive period they're in a really good spot at christmas right after christmas and then all of a sudden they just collapse uh you know towards the end of the season and they're slumping to the finish line as opposed to you know sprinting there so it could be it could be fitness as well and then i think the other thing is just quality like you're saying sometimes quality just plays and they may not have enough yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, first of all, you're absolutely right. I mean, I think that, um, I mean, their main players, I mean, they play every game, almost, like every game. There's no rotation with these Brendan Rodgers teams other than, like, you know, Iosi Perez can come in here and there. You know, they have a few defenders but they're really that that's where the depth comes in there's no depth yep. and then and then like you said i mean i just think they're a little short you know whereas chelsea and manchester united and you know even liverpool and manchester City obviously have so much depth off the bench mm-hmm. for goals yeah. um you know they don't you know but i think oh and i just want to say one thing i think that the loss they had to tottenham was um was just devastating you know like the manner in which it happened they they kind of got i mean it was four to two but they they kind of got blown out and i just think it's it's just like the you're right like they're they just looked you know gassed they look gassed like they they lost it you know yeah i i think the 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 fitness level and and you know like you're saying rotation is going to be key for them this season Yep. They kicked off well winning the community shield, so yeah. maybe there's maybe there's good signs there. Yeah. I I don't know. We'll we'll see how it how it progresses. Uh on to West Ham. Okay. Honestly, 
looking at West Ham and the, the business in the office, the business in the, the transfer market sure. so far and, and what they've kind of built on from last year, I think it's just more of the same. I think that they're in a great spot to just keep going. Signing Areola on loan from PSG is huge. Yeah. Craig Dawson uh, defensively is going to be a big help. Mm-hmm. I, more of the same from from David Moyes and his guys. They're going to be a tough a tough match for any any team, and except, I think they'll except they'll, the uh, the Lingard probably not returning. Right, that's a huge huge loss because I don't know what happened to him, but he was in the form of his life last season. Yeah, he was um, he was playing like prime Lingardinho. Yeah, <laughs> good one. Good so, one. Uh, yeah. you know, I I would like them to kind of be where they were last year because it was it was fun to see another team kind of in that mix. You know, it's it's that's yep. that's the beauty of the Premier League is is seeing the the clubs that are usually you know at least in recent years have been mid table all of a sudden in a Champions League spot, and, yeah. and being there not just for the first oh. eight, ten, twelve weeks of the season, but you know, thirty, thirty two, thirty four weeks in, uh, you know, and and yes, would it be would it have yeah, been cool to see admit, them in the Champions League I over mean, Liverpool? Sure, but I I gotta admit I mean there was part of me during the Chelsea West Ham game at the end of the season where, where Chelsea won on the road it's like man it'd be really good for the league if if West Ham win that game and maybe go into the last game of the season you know with like they're right there for the Champions League and maybe even mm-hmm. win it you know yep yeah who knows sure. who knows but uh, you know they're definitely someone to watch this season as well so keep an eye on West Ham yeah. uh, no way they can do it again though. No, no, none I of mean, these teams that have these surprise seasons, they typically never have back-to-back seasons. Right, backing up a season like that is hard well, to do, but... Wolves had one, Burnley had mm-hmm. one, um, you know, teams like that, they just, they typically can't, outside of that top seven, I guess, really can't really sustain it. Right, and I mean, realistically, it's probably not going to happen, but, no, you know, dare to dream, if you will. Sure. There's a good foundation there, and if they Definitely. can, great. If not, then someone else will step up, and maybe that someone else is Tottenham. Finished seventh last year, mm. not a great year. Is is a very up and down year. Mourinho's gone, and then Gareth Bale's in, but he doesn't really do anything. Is <laughs> uh, so now what? Now we're left with the big uh, Harry Kane. Will he stay or will he go? And then they sign Nuno, oh. and the Harry Kane is still kind of will he stay or will he go? We don't really know yet. I. It, it's a coin flip um with with tottenham i think it's one of those things that they're they're back into this place of they're being mm. close but not good enough do you think that let me ask you this question yeah do you think that along this journey do you think that tottenham has did they ever reach their peak was was there was there did they get everything out of this squad that they could have gotten um or was it you know more money managerial flaws and maybe at times you know steel with all the flair um maybe could have got won them a trophy i i think for me the one thing is is the the pochettino sacking i think was way premature you do. Uh, I think he still could have gotten something out of that club, out of those players, mm. uh, especially right. you know the guys like Lucas Mora, um, mm. Serge Aurier, Harry Kane for sure, yeah, Lamella. But Lamella Deli left Alli. the club. 
Delia, yeah. exactly. There's there's a lot of players I think he could have gotten more out of, but the club, you know, given the fact that they're moving into a new stadium and, yeah. and, and the financial implications of it, I think they, they knew that they couldn't afford to to have poor results, especially after winning the after being in a Champions yeah. League final in the way they reached that Champions mm. League final. I don't think that they, they had yeah. really room to play with in that regard. Yeah, I mean I think, you know I agree with you. It was it happened, I think it was in October. I mean it was like they were like six games into the season, I remember they lost to Brighton, I think 3-0. And it was way premature. You know, I know they were trying to chase top four, and they ended up getting, you know, what, seventh. But they were worried about their league position. But I definitely agree it's premature. And another head-scratching decision I, I think we do got to talk about because I, I think that there is a really, in my opinion, I think that the money is parts well documented but i think that there's two head scratching decisions that i think spurs fans should look back if i was spurs fan i would like wonder why this isn't like it really destroyed our team if this is like the overhaul that we might about to happen one is the pochettino uh, sacking and the other is the Mourinho sacking before the cup final because you never mm-hmm. know what a cup final win can do for a team and to yep not let him coach that final. I mean, all of a sudden, like, what happens if they win the final? I mean, Harry Kane loved him. He's really happy. You know, they go on a little run. They've got some momentum. It's like, it, we never were going to know that counterfactual, but I cannot believe that they did not let him. There was absolutely no point in not letting him coach that game. I have no idea what, what they were thinking. No, it doesn't make sense. It's it, To this day, it does not make sense, and I don't think it ever no. will, really. But, you no. know, that that's for another day. I don't know the ins and outs of that football club. I'm no. not making the decision so I, I can't really speculate other than yeah. you know, what we have already speculated sure. uh, Nuno is going to make them better but I don't think they're going to finish top four I, I don't, you know, I don't I got, they have a shot I gotta be honest I'm a little different I actually think they do I actually think they do have a shot I won't predict them to but I, I do think they have a shot I think they brought in a couple good players and you know I do think that Nuno will give them the structure and, you know, if Harry Kane stays, you know, I think when you combine the new players they brought in and the defensive structure with a couple of good goal scorers, I think that's mm-hmm. enough to make it interesting. Is is your take contingent on whether or not they keep Harry Kane? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. That, that I think, is a big distinction we need to make for, for any take involving yeah. Tottenham and uh, Man City. Yes. But yeah. I, I, it, it, you know, it, it's a coin flip, honestly. Who knows? He's yeah. been linked with an exit for the last, what, four years in a row? Three years? Four years? Who knows at this point? And I think he most likely does. But, mm-hmm. man, I still can't believe... I just want to say one quick thing on Tom. I still can't believe that... I mean, man, the hype was there two months or so through last season. Uh, and, you know, remember when they went to Liverpool... And Liverpool win the game at the end, and and we'd had this debate. I remember on the podcast, like who was the better team, <laughs> and like it really felt like. And you know, they go to Chelsea, they get a result. It's like it really felt like, man, they're a legitimate challenger. I don't know what happened. You know. Well, it's, it it happens. It's football. It's a Premier League. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's let's go over to the big the big North sure. London club. Let's talk about Arsenal. Uh, we don't have yeah. uh, we don't have the guys with us this this uh, pr- yeah. the preview episode because you know just because of time and this is a very last minute yeah. thing. But right. 
Arsenal have a very in my in my eyes, and this is obviously just me. So Ian, Nick, and Brian, if y'all are listening to this, you can correct me, and you can you know slap me upside the head uh, over text or in person if you see me. Um, they have to finish top four. Arteta's gone. Simple uh, as that. Well, I I don't think it's as simple as that. I think they just have to show and feel like they're moving in the right direction. I think it's unrealistic with how much money or how good those top four teams are to expect them, but they definitely cannot play like they did through the first two, three months of last season. But I got to be honest. I mean, I think that if, if Arsenal got a good manager, it could change things. But I really think this is like this season could literally break Arsenal football club, in my opinion, like last Six years, you know, they did finish second uh, somehow to Leicester, even though they were pretty far behind. You know, second, fifth, sixth, fifth, eighth, eighth. They've never felt like they're going in the right direction at all. And I just wonder, like, if this season starts poorly, I mean, I don't know what's the deal. Like, like, are they ever going to recover? I know that sounds crazy, but I think in sports, the one thing I've learned, Owen, is that you got to have star players. Mm-hmm. And Aubameyang is on the wrong side of 30. Yep. And look, I've learned enough in sports to know that a bunch of good players together like don't win games. You got to have stars. And like Arsenal don't. They just don't. Like I think it's as simple as that sometimes. Like they mm-hmm. have a bunch of good young players, but they don't have any standout players or a manager to really Yeah. Know, and and that's why the reason I say that is because we've said that for quite a while. It's like, oh, no, Arteta just needs more time. He needs more time. He needs more time. Does he need more time, or is, is this kind of as good as he's going to get? Because yeah. the, they, they have signed quite a few players to to do exactly what he needs them to do. They just mm. haven't been good enough. So is it them not signing yeah. the right players? Is Arteta not getting the best out of the players? Is it something in the in the dressing room? What is what is the problem with that club? And And... You know, you talk about the Ben White signing, you talk about uh, right. Lakonga right. and Nuno Tavares coming into the club, and, and you know, are they going to yeah. make a difference like Pepe was supposed yeah. to, like Aubameyang was supposed to, like Ceballos was supposed to? Yep. Leno's made a bit of a difference at the goalkeeper position, but they're still... They're, I don't know what to make of Arsenal other than I feel like they have a pretty... To me, they have a pretty set standard of it's third place or he's gone. Or, sorry, uh, top four or he's gone. Wow. Yeah, I mean... Because Arsenal are not a, oh, well, we need to see we're moving in the right direction kind of football club. No, they are a top four trophy-winning football club. Or at least they should be. And to to have an expectation any lower than that, I think is, is you know, it, it's, a, it's a tough pill to swallow. And I don't know if it's one they can't, they can't that the fans will allow just based on who they are as a club. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It's really tough. Man, you, like, bottom line is, I I think that they've they've got a. I think he'll get. I think he'll get sacked a couple months into the season if they're struggling. I think it's simple as yeah. that. We'll talk about the sack race a little later, but he's yeah. definitely a candidate. We'll, we'll yeah. get into that for sure. sure. Uh, yeah, I just feel like they've. Been, <laughs> I feel like they've been saying he needs time for quite a while now, and he's yep. not really. I mean, yeah, he's been there, what, not even two years, but the money they spent and the, the kind of expectation that comes with being at that club and, and from a former player, it, you know, 
there's a lot of a lot of question marks and expectations and just general like we need to see something now from the fan base yeah definitely they're restless uh the team right below them though they are gonna be probably the most exciting one to keep an eye on and that's leeds because yeah. a full Ellen Road, people, I mean, all the commentators last season were talking about it. Like, man, what I, what we would give to see this place packed back in the league, back in the top flight for the first time in, in what was it, like uh, 11 years at that point, uh, however long it had been for Leeds. Just the, the way they played last season, it was entertaining. They let goals in, but they scored some mm-hmm. incredible goals. Bamford is a machine. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be excited to watch Leeds again this year. You know, on my big takeaway, and this is like my opinion, is it's like this is kind of an interesting take. So I I love analytics. Like I think it's I think data in every industry is power. And in my opinion, like people have this opinion, like I completely disagree that football is about feel all fully and the sense that you know teams today and you read analytics articles about this and i i'll go back to the billy bean example they realize that the best the most optimal way to play that's going to give you the best chance is to play your game in the opponent's half it's to press it's to it's to create chances create turnovers in the opposing third and they do that and i don't understand why more teams don't replicate them because you know, it's like, you know, fans will talk about the one team. The, the, they'll talk about, oh, Leeds concede so many goals. When the reality is that most teams that get relegated, they just sit back, you know? And I just think that yeah. more and more teams should adopt the Leeds approach. That's kind of my thing. But, yes, I think they're going to be very good. Bielsa signed the contract extension. I think that's huge. Um and, you know, they did lose a couple players, but overall, I mean, at least a mid-table team. No, I don't yeah. think there's any relegation danger there. No, I think that they're safe, but yeah. I, yeah. I think there could be some really exciting games this year. Like them yeah. them against, like, Liverpool, Man City, at Ellen Road. Um, oh, opening game at Man uh, United. Manchester United, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we got, some, we got some tasty ones this year mm-hmm. with, with fans back in the stadium. That's the most important yes. thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everton in 10th. We, I was very nervous at the start of the mm-hmm. season that Everton were going to win the title, or not win the title, but I guess, you know, compete yeah. for top four and finish above Liverpool. Uh, and there was a part of me that thought that was going to happen. Thankfully, it didn't. Uh, but the fact that they lost Carlo Ancelotti in the manner they did is kind of just like, ouch, that, that hurts. I, I kind of feel for you because Ancelotti signed and he was supposed to be this, like the pariah, the, the, the guy who's going to, bring Everton back to where they where they think they want to be and where they where they think they should be but really they're not there. Uh mm. and all of a sudden he gets a call from from Florentino Perez and he's like bye guys. <laughs> he's like goes back to Real Madrid. I mean it's Real Madrid yeah. what, do you, what do you expect? It is it was bound to happen. But it, it just it it hurts. And then when you bring it when, when the guy you bring in is is a former Liverpool manager one who won the Champions League with Liverpool, it's kind of just like, it's a head-scratcher for Everton, honestly. Just like, why did we sign this guy? Right. I mean, tactically, yeah, he's Rafa Benitez. He's going to get the most out of his players. He's he's been at Chelsea. He's been at Newcastle. So the, the, the Liverpool, I guess, freshness is gone. But he still loves the city. 
and he still loves the club. Yeah. So it's going to be hard when they, those two teams play each other. It is. I mean, it's a, you know, I, 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 I think it was, yeah, it's a tough, I mean, it's going to be tough uh, for him to take that job. But I do think that he is a really good, I think it's a perfect fit, honestly. You know, um, I mean, Ancelotti would have been great, but I think that he's a perfect fit for the, for the team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you combine the defensive structure that he always brings to teams uh, with, you know, if they can get goals out of, you know, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlson and James. And, you know, like, yeah, I think that they could be, you know, I think seventh. The Europa League spot is a possibility for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I th- I it think... does feel like, I will just say, it does feel like they're finally moving in the right direction. I do feel like they, they've they had some, ever since David Moyes left, they've been in flux really, but I do feel like they're kind of moving in the right direction. You mean towards the relegation zone? Because that's where they, that's where I'd like them to be. Hey, well, uh, no, in, in all seriousness, so they're making improvements year by year and it's, uh, it'll be an interesting year. I, again, I, I think top six is a really good year for them, but I, higher than that, I think is kind of unattainable. Yeah. Although, you know, we've been wrong before. Well, we're going to continue to be wrong because that's what we do here on hot takes only. We have takes that don't necessarily come true, but they are spicy. Yeah. Uh, speaking yeah. of spicy takes, Willie, uh, mm-hmm. the next team, Aston Villa. Right. Now, this is an interesting one because obviously they, they lost, uh, you know, Jack Grealish. And when you lose your club captain, a, a boyhood Aston Villa fan, yeah, sure. it's hard. And, you know, he's, he's part of the soul of that club. And now he plays for Man City. But with that money, they went out and got Damari Gray. They got, or sorry, not, I'm looking at Everton. Danny Ings. That was a shocker. I was not, yeah. uh, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Danny Ings. Uh, Emmy Buendia from Norwich, who are mm-hmm. also up. We'll talk about them in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then this player I'm going to mention right now, who I think is going to be Bailey. a Leon oh, Bailey. He's so good. He's so Leon good. Bailey going to Aston Villa is, oh. it could be one of the signings of the window. He's if so he good. is able to get back to just a, a shred of his, of his, of his old form when he was at Leverkusen because he's he's, fun to watch, man. he's, he's fun. got all the raw talent to be a top player. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he's got the the skill for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to see him, I want to see him play well. I, I want to see him kind of, you know, keep Aston Villa climbing towards the, the top six. I mean, I don't think they're going to yeah. reach, but it, it's still going to be fun to watch. And, and Danny Ings as well as, you know, a scrappy striker, uh, Ashley Young, I think is an underrated transfer. Someone who's mm. coming back to Villa. And, you know, I, I think bringing a veteran back to a club, especially with a lot of young talent is really mm-hmm. important. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think they might have even gotten better. I mean, I hate to say it. Uh, it's possible even mm-hmm. despite yeah. how, how much Grealish meant to them. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think that the thing with them is just, they have, you know, I think that the, it's amazing to see um, kind of, how well they did, you know, after almost getting relegated. I think the key, I think Ollie Watkins made such mm-hmm. a huge difference. Yeah. And there's a lot He's of a class players. player. It was like the season before there's all this talk. It's like, who's their center forward? You know, who's going to like, they, they kind of rotated some guys in and out. 
Um, and they did leak goals a lot that season, too. But then Ollie Watkins came in. He played almost every game. Was really good. You know, El Ghazi is really good, too. Um, and so I think that they, you know, I think they're, you know, in that about 10th, I think would be a good, you know, spot. Yeah. Though. Yeah. I think I think mid mid table. Yeah. Top half would be good, but it just depends on how the new players pan out and how they deal with losing Grealish. Yeah, I think, and I just want to say one more thing too. Yeah, uh, I love John McGinn. I think he's one of my McGinn, favorite players to watch. He just has a, a motor. He yeah. has a motor. Like I just love watching him play. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Newcastle in twelfth last season. Mm. Uh, they haven't had anything permanent uh, in the way of transfers so mm-hmm. far. Just players coming back from loan, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon because Mike Ashley seems like he's as stingy as FSG, if not stingier. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I you want to see Newcastle stay up, and, but they need help. They, they need they help. Are, they are in, oh, and they are in big trouble. I mean, like, Saint Maxima is going to help, but at the end of the day, uh, do they have the quality to stay up? And and does does Steve Bruce have the magic touch to keep him in the league? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, you know, it. <laughs> They're, they are they are playing with fire. One of these days, they're they're gonna get sent down. One of these days, if they, if they don't get a better squad, uh, yeah. So I, you know, I don't really know what they do. They have enough creative players to maybe get them enough goals to stay in the league. But yeah. I mean, yeah, they are they are definitely in trouble. <laughs> I'll, t- I'll, I'll I will say this though. I mean, I I don't know. You know. I like Willick, you know. I don't know what Arsenal is yeah. thinking personally. But. I, I I saw that and I was a little confused because I was like, wow, I thought they rated Joe Willick pretty pretty highly, but mm-hmm. I guess there's, they thought there's too many players ahead of him. They can you know, they can probably mm. get money in some other aspect. I mean, mm-hmm. also spending Ben White, spending all the money on Ben White is not going to help. I think. I mean, he's probably at least they're thinking about the right position. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's. <laughs> Wolves uh, in thirteenth, yep. Willie. They're taking a step backwards. I I hate to say it, but I think they could be. Yeah. They could be headed for the drop. No, I, way, I, don't, no. I don't. I would not like them that's... to personally. Well, to me, it's not. I don't think they're going to get relegated. But I think that's Nuno was such a big figure at that club. I think he was. He was more important than any individual player. Yeah. It, it's the fact that they have a manager who puts that belief into every single player yep. on a weekly basis. Yeah. And and the players that he bought were all players that are perfect for his, for the way he liked to play and the way he liked to set mm-hmm. teams up. And now they don't have that anymore. I, th- I do think... No, you're absolutely right. You cannot... You cannot... Um, you know, you can... You absolutely cannot uh, discount... I mean, I think... I absolutely agree uh, that Nuno was huge for that club. I do just think, though, I mean, the... The academy and the the you know rec- the recruitment and the the scouting is so good. Like they they always just bring in new, fresh, young players, and it's incredible, you know. And so yeah, I think you know I don't think that yeah I don't think that you know relegation is a possibility, but you know I do think that. But yeah, for sure. I mean, they could be you know la- like last year. I mean, they could be in that twelve thirteen range. For sure. Yeah, I think the two most important players for them this season are going to be Triore and Jimenez. Well, if Triore, yeah. his numbers have got to improve if he stays and he doesn't go to like a Liverpool. 
Uh, and Jimenez, we don't know what he's going to be like after his injury because that you can only imagine what kind of, of, of traumatic experience that is. And then to, to go right back into that sport where the possibility of that same thing happening is very, very real. Uh, yeah. From a psychological standpoint, I don't know how he's going to do it, honestly. But, you know, yeah, I'm not a professional yeah. athlete, so I, I don't have that that fearlessness, I guess. I agree. I agree. So it's it's a huge a huge thing to have to overcome. Uh, one thing I will say on the on the goalkeeper front though, losing Rui Patricio is going to hurt a yeah, lot because Jose Sa is not a great goalkeeper. Yeah, I think that's a really he's, underrated. Yeah, he's yeah, not I, great. Like, when he was at Porto, I was like, why is this guy playing over Casillas? At yeah, least before Casillas retired. No, that's although I will say you know um, I will say that um, you know. They, I mean, yeah. I mean, their def- defense is so solid, though, that, you know, I don't think it's going to be the biggest deal. But, yeah, I, for sure. I, I do agree that Patricio is definitely a good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, 14th, Willie. Crystal Palace. Now, this is an interesting one, and I, I wish we would have uh, planned this better and had the Arsenal guys on the show. Mm-hmm. But I guess the season just creeped up on right, all of us. Right, right. Patrick Vieira is the manager this season, and I have yeah. no idea what this is going to be like. To be honest. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? It could go either way, honestly. But this is another club that's just like they are in real trouble here. And this mm-hmm. is a really big club with a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, what what they're doing. You know, they shuffled some things in the off season, but man, the squad like they're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> this team. You know, I I don't know. I have no idea what to expect and for the life of me like how in the world is Wilf Zaha still on that team <laughs> he's like I the think... only player in sports that wants out and he just doesn't get traded it's 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 shocking that the the number of times he's been in the in the news <laughs> yeah. in the in the the you know the the transfer news mm-hmm. and just doesn't go anywhere he just kind of stays where he is and and I don't know who's who's at fault here. It's whether it's him and his agent for asking for too much, or the club not letting him go, or other clubs not rating him highly enough. I don't know what it is, but he's, he's uh, does he stay or does he go? It's like the hair. It's it's like Harry Kane before Harry Kane was was Harry Kane. Yeah, I mean honestly, like he almost single handedly kind of keeps them in the Premier League. So I, I don't necessarily blame them, but yeah, I, I mean his. His uh, market value has dropped significantly. They could yeah. have sold him for like a hundred million pounds, and right. they, they did right. not. Nope. So they they had their chance. Yeah. Uh, honestly, Willie, fifteen through seventeen, they all kind of have a similar outlook to them for for me personally. Uh, okay. Southampton fifteen, Brighton sixteen, Burnley mm-hmm. seventeen, and and this is not to discount each of these clubs by mentioning them individually. It's just because they they're all in the same boat of. They may lost. They may have lost some players, or they may still lose some players, and their focus is staying up. And that's what it was last season. That's what it's got to be this season. Yeah, I mean, um, all those teams. I mean, I think obviously Southampton losing Danny Ings. That's a big, but I think that Hassan Hurdle, such a good manager, and mm-hmm. the the pressing system that they play is so strong foundationally. I think they'll be fine. Uh, you know, in there, the team that, well, I don't know. 
I think that, I mean, we, we'll talk about as, in our predictions, but I, I definitely think that two teams, I think that um, Brighton and Burnley are two teams to watch that could be in, in a little trouble. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know what the, what's the hype about Graham Potter? Can you explain that one to me? Because, like, I, I, I don't care that they play a flashy system, but, like, good managers, like, get really good, res- like, you know, results and league finishes here. Yeah. They, they get the players to play their best, and they keep the team in the league. And and Potter is doing the same thing that Chris Hewton would have done. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't proven to be a bad manager they're still in the league they, they didn't they didn't get relegated and they, they were pretty pretty safe for the most part uh but yeah I, i'm, I'm kind of with you there willie like I, I was surprised when chris hewton got fired and, and when they replaced him with graham potter i was like is this going to be more of the same and it's exactly more of the same for brighton yeah but you know they have a nice stadium so it's all good <laughs> <laughs> they do for sure um, yeah. yeah burnley talk about the exact same thing every single year without fail <laughs> literally just Sean Dyche. Yeah. That, that's all you need to know. Two yep. banks of four, six foot four center forward, <laughs> second striker underneath, six foot four center halves, proper goalkeeper, English football. That's yeah. Burnley. Burnley Football Club in a uh, in a a couple sentences. My my Eng- my high school geography teacher would love that. Yeah, Mister Mister Gillett would have loved that that assessment of Burnley. Uh, he would have given me an F in the class. Big, big Burnley fan. So, yeah, I think it's you're absolutely right. It's a great description. You know exactly. Where you, I cannot believe they finished seventh uh, a few seasons ago. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Oh, and I think they. I mean, they've got to be in trouble. I mean, it's and that was the same players, the same exact players. I mean, they got to rely on Chris Wood. Mm-hmm. And that that was before Dwight McNeil kind of emerged that that seventh yeah. place finish. He was he right. was still kind of right. you know, Dwight developing. Dwight McNeil is a really good player. I mean, he's yeah. a really good player. Yeah, he he would be one that the the bigger clubs are gonna gonna sure. keep an eye on, especially if they struggled right at the gate. But Owen, they scored. I mean, they just they have no goals in that team. Like it's amazing. Owen, oh, their goal well, differential was minus twenty two. Well, I mean, they they, they have pen, they have um they have ghost penalties against Liverpool. As, uh, that penalty was ne- it's never a penalty, but there's a conspiracy last season against Liverpool. I'm not gonna apologize for that take. Mm. It is what it is. That's factual. <laughs> yeah, kidding. I'm getting it for for everyone who that's thought that's that's a serious thing. take, but it, it was never a penalty. That much is fact. Yeah. Can you? Can I just let me just tell you one thing. Let me ask you this in this counterfactual world real quick yeah well can you imagine okay in all seriousness okay like just tell me tell me this right now i'd love to ask our friends this why doesn't arsenal say literally go to burnley and be like give me i'll pay 80 million that might be a lot but i'll pay 50 million for ben me or james tarkovsky like i don't why like that would help them like you know then they try to sign all these defenders just give me some some rugged really good solid reliable defenders is that yes. a ridiculous thing to say i guess it's not I, the arsenal i guess it's not the arsenal way I mean, anymore there's no more david luiz anymore so <laughs> but, you know. they need someone i mean they went and got ben i mean yeah. they they went one higher in the table and got ben white so <laughs> but i seriously think in my opinion i mean i think that i mean they have four of the most underrated players i think mcneil 
Mm-hmm. I think Ben Mee and Tarkovsky, and I mm-hmm. think uh, Cork, mm-hmm. personally. I think Nick Pope is also incredibly underrated. Oh, yeah. He's a fa- I, I would rate him above Pickford. True, like me personally. Okay. Pickford is... Well, I mean, for England, Pickford is... is is another player, but for Everton, Pickford is is yikes. Okay, is yeah. watch watch your no, watch your ACLs just because he's he's coming about, he's coming uh, for him. Yeah, no, I mean Pickford's definitely struggled uh, for club. Uh huh. Yeah. What about Emmy Martinez? Solid goalkeeper, really, really solid goalkeeper. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for yeah. Sure. I think um, if Arsenal didn't have if they didn't have Leno, then he would still be at the club. Yeah, and he'd be yeah. their first choice. Mm-hmm. But it's for just. Sure. Burn Leno, you don't you don't become one of the best keepers in like you don't be in the national team as Manuel Neuer's understudy if you're a bad goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Like I think people have have a weird perception of German goalkeepers in the Premier League because of Loris Karius a couple years ago, but Burn Leno is an exceptional goalkeeper, mm-hmm. even if there are some instances of of mental lapses in concentration. He's an exceptional goalkeeper. Goalkeepers are a weird bunch too. I mean, we, we talk about the comparison between goalkeepers and relievers in baseball. Yeah. You don't need them for most of the game, and then all of a sudden you ask them to do one thing, and your whole perception of them uh-huh. of whether or not they are good relies on can they do that one thing in that one specific moment after being on the bench for or being like standing out in the cold or just being on the bench for, you know, seven innings or, or eighty five minutes. Absolutely. They're I, a weird bunch, man. I don't weird. know what to say. They're different. They're different. Yep. Uh, I do want to quickly talk about the new boys, though, Willie. But honestly, yeah. I don't know if any any of them really are going to stay up. <laughs> it, uh, it's you know, it's I, like the uh, the bottom the bottom six as I look at the table right now is kind of a uh, a slog for who's gonna who's gonna stay and who's gonna get relegated. Sure, I think that you know, I mean, I think you know, Watford has a good history. You know, they mm-hmm. they probably have a, have a chance. Yeah. Uh, but I think that you know, the what's scary about it is that um, I Norwich definitely has relegation written all over them. They still mm. the same situation. They have Pookie and and no one else <laughs> to help them score. Goals. But they have American legend Josh Josh Sargent. There is so that, much hype about Josh Sargent. Oh my and god! The, the... He I gotta tell you for like big time like soccer fans like. The hype about Josh Sargent as he came up was massive. He's really, really talented and really good. Uh, he could potentially develop into a, a very good player, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, with with Americans, it's you know there's a, nev- a negative perception they have to get past first before they can even play. I mean, Christian Pulisic is still underrated by a lot of people in England. That's you know he doesn't he's still very underrated, but he's mm-hmm. a world class player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get treated that way. Uh, although I think the hype around the U.S. men's national team, even with them winning the Gold Cup, is kind of like, is, let's not get our hopes up, guys. This is this is the same team that, like, it, no, sorry, no. Mm-hmm. But that's that, that's we'll we'll talk about the U.S. men's well, national team. Uh, they do World the Cup FIFA qualifying. Ranking, they're now officially ranked uh, tenth in FIFA rankings. Forever mm-hmm. it's worth. Yeah, it's those, those rankings are such garbage. It's too high. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. um, Brentford. I want to talk about Brentford really quickly before we get onto our predictions because they're back in the top flight for the first time since yeah. 1947, Willie. That's 74 incredible. years. That is in and of itself one of the stories of the season and they don't even have they haven't even played a game oh yet. Oh gosh. And they play the opener tomorrow, so What? It's okay, well, What do you think is going to be the reaction if Arsenal lose that game? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> they lose that game. 
Well, are uh, sacked after the first game? <laughs> not after the first game, but but peop, the Arsenal fan TV is going to be comedy gold. Nominate that. Nominate that uh, that that show for yeah. uh, for an Emmy or something like that. Get that show an award. Yeah. But no, in all seriousness, no. I, I, Brentford are an enigma. Yeah. Know what they're going to be like. That's right. Dude, can they stay up? It would be fantastic if they did because of what it means to the league, what it means to the fans. I don't know, dude. I don't watch enough championship football to know. You know, we're spread. You and I are spread too thin across all different sports between all the baseball we watch and NFL season coming up, the NBA. Yeah. Premier right. League. We're, we're spread too thin, man. <laughs> what For can sure. we do? Well, I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you what. Um, you know, I was thinking about like this is kind of random but I, I i really like the opening day you know i think it's a just a it's the quality of play is not the highest but i love the feeling of of like optimism of mm-hmm. you know every team yeah uh but like i don't know i mean arsenal i could be wrong but you know i do think that they there's just We'll put it this way. They're, they could be... I, I have a feeling that I'm going to call Brentford winning the game tomorrow. Really? Yeah. That is a that is a take, my friend. A ballsy one, but I like it. I'm gonna call That's them, what we're I'll, here for. I'm call them winning the game. That's what we're here for. We're here for hot takes. Yeah. Um, I do want to get to our predictions, though, because, you know, for the sake of time, yeah. I want to get to that and our hot takes as okay. well. So let's let's sure. talk about our quick predictions, some of the, the main ones. So I've already given you my, my title winners, Willie. Uh, Man mm-hmm. City winning the title who do you have winning the title and this is this is as things are right now sure just as it is yeah sure uh i'm gonna go with liverpool i would be very thrilled if that and your atlanta braves take are both right but <laughs> my friend yeah my friend oh boy <laughs> you're getting my hopes up that's well, a dangerous thing <laughs> we'll see um no I, I no one's catching man city in my eyes not even liverpool okay yeah. Um, top four. Who's who's top four outside of your your champions? Outside of your champion. Okay, I'll give you my order because it's a little yeah. bit different. Okay. I think um, I think uh, number one is Liverpool. I think Chelsea mm-hmm. number two, Manchester mm-hmm. City number three, Man United number four. Wow, Chelsea two. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's that's ballsy. I don't think Man City are going to have a very good season. Wow. That's that's a bold call my friend mm-hmm. i like it i like okay. it getting the hot take started sure. early uh i have the exact same orders this year <laughs> okay. city united liverpool chelsea well, in that order okay yeah i mean i just i just don't see anything don't beyond that i mean i'll tell you what i mean chelsea like they i mean i don't know what's gonna happen but like they they've been on a roll so if they come out the season you know, they, they've struggled to start their seasons for some reason. But if they come out, you know, on a roll, I mean, watch mm-hmm. out. That's all. Yep. 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 That's that's fair. That's a fair point. Yep. Um, Europa League, uh, Arsenal and Spurs for me. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Arsenal. Okay. Any in order? Uh, are you going to pick? Uh, Arsenal order? above Spurs. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm not going to say that. 
No, no, I'm just, I'm going to say, this is going to be a little bit of a, a little bit of a shocker. I'm going to say fifth place Leicester, sixth place Everton. Oh, oh boy. That's, that's, that's a take. That's a take. Sixth place Everton. Okay. Okay, Willie. Yeah. Well, like uh, we'll girl. see. We'll see come uh, May 2022. But this okay. is yeah. Oh, well, interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, your player of the season. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Um. I wow. I think that. I mean. I think it's gonna be. Mo Salah. I have the same thing. I have Mo Salah. Do you? Wow. Winning the uh, best player. Because Liverpool are going to win the title, and to me, I've got to pick a Liverpool player. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to pick Mo Salah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, I have Salah, but for maybe for a different reason. Okay. Wow. I'll get to that. It's one of my hot takes, though, so I'll actually, I'll I'll get to that. Um, Who's going to have the most assists in your eyes this season? Wow. That's a tough, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I would say, hmm, yeah, I'll go, yeah, I, 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 I'll have to say KDB, if he can get back, I'll have to go KDB. Yeah, I like, I like Jack Grealish for most assists. Grealish, okay. Yep. Yeah, I mean, wow, that's a, you're, so he's going to play right away, and he's going to be right for full time. I think so, I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's Pep did not just go out and spend all that money on Grealish for him to be a bench warmer. I mean, yes, there's obviously a, a bit of a, a bit of a quote unquote English tax, but hmm. I, I honestly think Pep rates Grealish more than a lot of people, more than Gareth Southgate for Gareth Southgate Gareth Southgate for sure. Can't okay. say his name right. <laughs> uh, he definitely rates him more than Gareth Southgate. South. I can't even say the dude's name. Yeah. Gareth Southgate. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He didn't rate Sancho or Grealish for him. Yeah, exactly. And and they now play for both Manchester clubs. Yeah, I don't care. No, so it is what it is. Um, I'll, I'll, in fact, but I'll, I will give you a take, though. I think number two is going to be Jack Harrison. I would not be surprised. Jack Harrison is a very quality player, and now he's with Leeds full-time. So Yeah, yep, exactly. Could be, could be something. Uh, for young player, I have Sancho. I mean, he, he qualifies. He he qualifies for best young player, right? Come I mean, he's on, what twenty one. You got <laughs> it's, like, it's an easy one, but come on, you got to pick someone that's not like established, bro. I mean, I mean, <laughs> he hasn't established himself in the, in England, <laughs> just in just in Germany. Okay, um, but no. All right. in, in all seriousness, no. I think it's it's probably his his award to lose. I mean, he's what twenty twenty one. He is. Yeah. Um, oh. You know that that's yeah. I mean, for sure, you you definitely cannot argue with that. Um, I would say though, if we're if we're going for, um, you know, players that um, you know are maybe less established. Um, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that Lester got from Lille, I think, could be really good. Uh, what's his name that is a great question I'm um, Somare yes Somare that's right interesting I haven't I mean I honestly have not looked at a lot of what other really what any any team has done outside of like the big ones like 
you know, obviously Grealish and, and Konate for Liverpool and, and uh, yeah. Lukaku. Well, he, so, um, Sumare you know. is, you know, he was rated decently highly at Lille last year. He's 22. Mm-hmm. I think, he, I mean, Leicester usually has a good eye for these things. So that, that's yeah. what I'd watch. Mm-hmm. Well, those are our, the majority of our predictions. Mm-hmm. But Willie, there's one I want to get to first. What, We've hinted at this one a little bit. Better sack race. Okay. I like I like this one. I don't know why because you're, it's 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 like too Schadenfreude, too Schadenfreude esque because it's it's you're you're celebrating someone losing a job. Mm. But there's there's something about I mean just just some of the fun ones we've had in recent years like Mourinho at Chelsea, Mourinho at Tottenham, Pochettino at Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mourinho at United. Basically, just Mourinho <laughs> getting, yeah. getting right. fired wherever he goes. Um, right. it, at Everton, they've gone through a lot of managers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, you know, it, go, it goes on and on. But realist, like, you know, in, in all seriousness, no, the, I, I say this because of the expectation placed on this club. Okay. And I don't say this because he's not a good manager. I don't say this because the team's going to be bad. But I say this because the expectation is so incredibly high that and, and given the money the money this club has spent over the last two seasons, I think Tuchel is the first name on the list. Sacris? You're kidding. It, and I'm I say that I say that oh with the following gosh. provision. I say that if Chelsea trip and stumble completely out of the gate, I'm not I don't think they are going to. But that's the only provision. Yeah, if they, if they, if they are start, the one team, yeah. if they are the one team that starts yeah. this starts the season and they are in the bottom half of the table for more than like two months, uh, I would not feel great about his job. Yeah, like Man City started last season. Yeah. Yeah. No, wow. but it's just because it's because Chelsea have that reputation of taking whatever manager you have at the club, no matter the wow the the accomplishment. And they just do. being like, I don't care what you did for me in the past. You're not getting results right mm-hmm. now, so you're gone. Look, it's and, certainly and it's, possible. It's, it look, is certainly I don't, possible. Yep. It, I don't think it's going to happen in okay. in in the world as it stands right now. But if that happens, and and that is a possibility, mm. because you never know how teams are going to go after they they win a big trophy. They could mm-hmm. either kick on as usual or stumble backwards. Yeah, it, it, it's a. Po- I'm not saying it's likely. But in that world, I think he's he's one you have to keep an eye on. Definitely. If not, I mean, certainly if not this season, the next season. Definitely, oh, sure. absolutely, absolutely. But if if Chelsea win the league this year and I look like an idiot, whatever, I'll look like an idiot in May twenty twenty two for for whatever. Look, there's but no it's doubt. Just, no doubt. They have, yeah, after Christmas, Tuchel will be under pressure if they they are in like Frank, like Chelsea was. You know, they last they just year. have a track record. Yep. And and it's not because I don't rate. I think Tuchel's a fantastic manager. I I really yep. like him as a manager. This is not me. It's not a slight on anyone except for maybe Abramovich, who's too yeah. quick to fire people. Right? No, absolutely. I yeah. don't know. That's that's just my take. I don't. Possible. Again, I don't think I don't think it is definitively going to happen. It's mm-hmm. only with that very specific provision, which is you know, it's sure. not really a take, but I think it's it's yeah. it's a storyline because I kind of felt that way about Lampard too after his first season. Like mm, well, he's he's gonna be in trouble if they don't yeah, get results. Yeah, no, it's possible. It's possible. So, um, you never know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'll give you my take. I think that there's gonna be two managers sacked in January. Mm-hmm. Um, one Steve Bruce, but I think that mm-hmm. um, Arteta will be the first going. Mm. Arteta's on my list too. 
thank you. So, uh, yeah. I also think Haas and Hodel is a good one to to keep an eye on because. No way. I I think that I look. I think that Haas and Hodel is such a good manager, and with that club, without Danny Ings, there's no way on earth he gets sacked. I know he's probably in in the odds. I've seen the odds, but like, I I don't see any reason why he should be on that list at all. Personally, like, right. What what do you we, get to do that's better? What do you are you? There's no way Southampton could possibly get a better manager than Ralph Haas and Hurdle. I mean, getting a better one is tough, but also we talk about him being a good manager, but where did they finish last year? They're, they're down near the relegation zone, and and they 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 want they want to finish in the top half of the table. Yeah, they faded really badly. They faded really badly. I mean, the season is thirty eight games. It's not you know right. how you start in the first twenty four. Mm. So yeah, that's. Right. The last twelve games are, are grueling, as we all know. So that's I don't true. know. That's just that's just my, me and my well, take. Okay, it's it's possible for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of takes, Willie, now it's time for the really spicy ones. Now my Chelsea one is it's kind of an aberration again because it's based on a specific, a specific scenario, okay. which is it, it it may not ever happen, and I'm gonna look like a dumbass, but but you know, shoot or shoot. Um, we're gonna have a title race for the ages, Willie. We're going to have a wow. comparable title race to 2018-2019 between Liverpool and Man City. Wow. Between Man City mm-hmm. and Man United. Wow. And City are going to win yet That's again. That's exciting. On the last day of the season. On the last day of the season. On the last day of the season. Wow. Better than the race it, there was right a few now. years ago with Mourinho and uh, Pep. Wow, okay. Yep. And, and Manchester uh, City will win the last day of the season. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. That's a. Uh... Mm. Okay. And it, it, I say that because there's a lot of expectation on Pep Guardiola, and there may be a point where, early on in the season, they have a really tough Champions League fixture away at, I don't know, away at PSG. Hypothetically, I don't think I don't think they can be in the same group, but. It, you know, say they have a, a tough a tough tie away, and that affects their league results, or you know they have a lot of injury problems like Liverpool had last season, mm-hmm. and they all of a sudden start to fade. And we think, oh no, it was because it was because the injuries. It wasn't fatigue. It was literally because everyone was hurt. It, you know, it's something along those lines. Uh, but late in the season, they go on another win streak like they did this year, and they mm-hmm. end up pipping United to the title by one point. Wow. I, yeah, I, I don't. There's no way they can go on a win streak like that again, though. That was insane. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, I mean, looked out. I mean, you have a lot of faith in Manchester United. I'll, I'll tell you that. It, it, it's not so much faith. It's just understanding of the quality they've brought in, and yeah. and that I understand they're gonna be they're gonna be a tough tough test. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, we should add Ali to the sack list, right? I mean, he's got to be on their radar. I guess. I mean, if they struggle at the beginning of the season with that squad, that like, that's true. I mean, he also just signed an extension. The reason I put Tuchel on there, even though he signed an extension, is because Chelsea have that reputation. United, not as much. That's true. I mean, they, no. they've kind of stuck with managers a little longer. Although you were right with when you said they're going to sack Mourinho before Christmas, I think, and they did. So I, yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, Mourinho, he kind of leaves a, uh, you know how snails leave trails behind them. Mourinho kind of leaves one, but not like a physical one, just like a Mourinho was here kind of deal. And you're just like, everything that comes after this is kind of bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. At least, you know, 
after the beginning of it, anyways. Well, um, okay, yeah, that's that's a pretty strong take right there. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a hot take, you know, shoot or shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Um, yeah, you want me to fire one? Yeah, give okay. me your takes on the on the um, subject of soccer to keep it mm-hmm. soccer. Um, yeah. First, with the Premier League specifically, um, I think that all three newly promoted teams will stay up. Wow. And in fact, which is rare, and the three, I wrote this down here, the three teams that I'm picking, can you guess the three teams that I'm, I'm picking to stay down? To go down? Mm-hmm. Sorry, go down. Uh, to go down. Um, well, it can't be the new three, so I'm going to go, based on what you've said, Brighton, Newcastle, and... Southampton. I'm going Palace with third. Oh. So yeah. Oh. So Bray, Newcastle, and Palace are my three to go down. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. God, that's. Has that ever happened? Th- that happened pretty recently. It was um, it was the season Brighton came up. It was what Brighton, Huddersfield, and oh, uh, Huddersfield did. Res- who was the other team that stayed up? Was it Watford? Wolves? I think it was Wolves. 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 Uh, no. Was it? It might have been Wolves. It might have been. Yeah. Uh, um. Wasn't Sheffield right? Sheffield United. No. No, I don't. I think it was before that. Okay. You're seventeen. Right. It was seventeen eighteen. Which was. Uh, Huddersfield. Uh, actually, no, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right, though. 100%. Okay. I think it was Huddersfield, Brighton, and Wolves, because I remember that season as being like, oh, these are, you know, this is a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay. So. All right. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I got, I, I'll give you one, I'll give you one more take. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> here's my, here's my final take. Yep. Um, I think that we're going to see. I think this would be uh, pretty interesting. Okay, you mm-hmm. ready for this one? Yep. Okay. This is a very wild prediction, in my opinion. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it, Willie. Let's hear it. So I think that next year during this podcast, mm-hmm. then Arsenal will have a new manager, and that manager will be David Moyes. I think that David Moyes will be Arsenal manager in a year. I think that David Arteta will get sacked. I think Arteta will get sacked. I think that they'll have an interim manager, and I think they'll have another. West Ham will have another good season, and they'll offer the job to Moyes. Uh, you know, I because th- I think so. I think that's my my prediction. Wow. I that is a take. I'm not sure that Brendan Rodgers wants to leave Leicester, to be honest. So mm-hmm. I, I think Moyes would be the next logical guy. Another shot. Yeah, I mean, the only name that I would think in that scenario would would kind of fit all the requirements for Arsenal would be Julian Nagelsmann because there's no way he's staying at Bayern Munich for, for that long, if, especially if they win everything. Like, what, what are you going to do mm. after one? Because like, wow. they're going to win the Bundesliga this year, no question, after getting both a new manager in uh, yeah. Julian Nagelsmann, who's like the German, he's, people are calling yeah. him the mini German Pep Guardiola, right? plus Upa Meccano from Leipzig, their biggest competitor right now, plus Dortmund losing Sancho and only having Holland. Yeah. It's, it's, the everything is lined up for Dortmund to for Bayern to win like the quadruple this year, and then for him to to come to England. Yeah, 
Okay, well, maybe if not a year, like two years. But still, like, what else does he have to win at the top? Like, he has to win trophies, but he's at Bayern Munich. That's basically a guaranteed trophy. I agree. I think I think there's no way he'd leave before, like, three years. Unless yeah. he, like, hates it. and Or, like, for some reason, they really struggle. But Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's that or the opposite scenario. They either he either hates it and they struggle, or he wins everything and they and then he leaves. Well, let me ask you a que- question real quick. Who yeah. who would you like? Give me a name off the top of your head. If in the new year, if Arsenal are looking for a full time manager, who comes to mind? In the new year, like a full time manager. So yeah, they ha- like not in the mid season, but you know, like at the end of the season when they have time to get anyone mm. they want. Mm. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about it. Mm. I mean. Hey, maybe they ask if Zidane is interested. <laughs> Go be like, "Hey, Zidane, you want to come? You want to come to England and manage Arsenal?" <laughs> He'll probably wow. be like, "Who?" Yeah, we'll throw, no, throw I... text in the group chat asking what they think. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, seriously, we'll have to get their thoughts. We will have Ian, Nick, and Brian on the show at some yeah, point in the near yeah. future, but we sure. we had to do this very last minute just because yep. the league starts tomorrow. My take, Willie, and I've hinted at this a little earlier. My last final take, uh, my last, my final hot take, rather. Uh, Mo Salah leaves Liverpool after this season. Yeah. He's off to Madrid. It seems right, honestly. It, I think I had this take either about last season or for this coming season. But either way, I think everything is primed for him to leave. If they win the league, as you say, I think it's it's a fantastic ending to his career. And if they don't win the league, if they're not competitive for the league and they're not competitive for the Champions League, then I, I don't think there's a reason that he's he wants to stay. Every Every footballer regardless of what part of the world they grew up in, if they dream of playing at the highest level, every single one of them, if Real Madrid comes knocking, you you right. listen. It's just simple sure. as that. And yeah. if he, he wants to be considered one of the top players in the world, Messi is not going to play for more than a couple more seasons, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mbappe is really the only other, you know. Right, but he might stay now. Exactly. Messi, so, you know. Right. Sure. So, That's I, logical. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think that this is the end of the the end of the, the Liverpool story for Salah. As much I, as it as much honestly, as it hurts. I gotta be honest. I mean, it might be the end of the team. I wonder if he leaves the does the team blow up. Yeah. I mean Klopp's got some he's got some work to do. Especially especially, you know, going into the season. But yep. you know, Willie, we're excited. We've got a, a fantastic season ahead of us and I cannot yeah. wait for the first game. Brentford, I'm going Brentford uh, two Arsenal zero. Brentford two Arsenal nil tomorrow. I'm going for a one one draw. Uh, Brentford get a late equalizer, mm-hmm. and their fans go crazy. Okay. They get a result against uh, you know one of the big clubs yeah. in, in England. So we'll see. But folks, this has been our premier our premier yeah. <laughs> a Premier League preview. We haven't done one of these in a long time, and this is the first one that you and I have done just the two of us in I think four years. Uh, we will yeah. have Ian, yeah. Nick, and Brian on uh, at probably like an international break to do a full. Maybe we'll do a, a end of the transfer window uh, uh, podcast with them and and get their thoughts on the 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 fully the rest of the season after the transfer window slams shut uh, at the end of the month. So yeah, absolutely. Willie, any great. any parting thoughts? Uh, well, I guess my <laughs> my last my last parting thought is that. Um, if Mourinho does well at Roma this season, watch someone hire him again. <laughs> the return of Mourinho. Who is he not managed at, uh, in England? I don't England? know. Lester. Who is he? Lester. No, not Brendan Rodgers losing his job. I don't know. Uh, 
anyways, folks, you can catch this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally anywhere you get podcasts, and on the on the website uh, for Anchor. It's anchor.fm slash hot takes only. That's all one word. That is the uh, the hosting site for our podcast. That's where everything gets distributed. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, really. Uh, if you want to tweet at us, tweet at us on Twitter at HTO Podcast. Uh, we try to we try to put more clips on as we get more and more into this season, uh, both the season of this podcast and of the Premier League season. Uh, we'll have more kind of regularly scheduled baseball uh, content for yep. you for sure. the next couple of weeks. We we do need to get into that because we've missed a lot over the summer. You know, yep. obviously the middle of baseball season, we missed a lot of it. But, you know, life comes first anyways. Yeah, so. sure. Folks, that was episode 41 of Hot Takes Only. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been our Premier League preview. Remember, the season starts tomorrow, really today by the time you're hearing this. Uh, new episodes every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Eastern time. So, for Willie, I'm Owen. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.